0: Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.
1: Welcome to the 25th episode of the Pulling Tar Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. Thanks so much for tuning in. And make sure you share this podcast with your friends on all forms of social media. Subscribe and drop a rating. Please, pretty please. Give me a follow on Twitter at itsracoon, that's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N, to share all your thoughts and comments. I'd like to welcome on a very special guest, Quint Studer. Quint is many things, including an entrepreneur, author, philanthropist, and public speaker. The Point Tarps audience will know him best for being a co owner of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos and for being the prospective owner and the person who helped finally secure a new stadium for the Beloit Snappers. I absolutely cannot wait to dive into this interview with Quint Studer right after this break. On to the Pulling Tart Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening. Uh, And we're recording this on baseball opening day, finally. Uh, Major League opening day, at least. But how has your life and all of your projects been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic?
0: Thank you, Bobby. And it's it's great to be with you. Um, You can just tell that you're a guy that loves what you do Love sports Loves baseball So I'm ready to Pull the tarp with you Alright A yeah. um, couple things When you look I, I'm For those that don't know me I'm Based in Pensacola Florida For the most part I own a double A Baseball team Of the um, Pensacola, Pensacola Blue Wahoos Most famous for having The first stadium Airbnb In the world Oh yeah Which has done Unbelievably well We've been on Every media outlet You can think of We have a family there tonight, I think from Texas or Tennessee or wow. something. So of course in baseball there's no no season. Now mm-hmm. we, we had to make a decision and we made a decision. I think we we're the first minor league baseball team to do this and there's only been two that have done it, to keep all our staff and all our wow. trainees and all our interns and even though that means a $3 million loss this year um, basically our mission statement is to improve the quality of life for the community. We just didn't see laying off a bunch of employees and improving the quality of life. We have two types of employees, Bobby. We have those that have been with us almost from the beginning, mm-hmm. which was 2012 for A baseball. While they've been loyal to us, we want to be loyal to them. We also have a whole group of new people. This is probably some of them in their first year ever. They got their bachelor's or master's in mm-hmm. sports management. They're all excited. Yeah, I just didn't want their career to start with a layoff or a furlough. And then we kept all our interns and training, so we pivoted. You know, we'll never make up for the losses, but we, we're doing top golf starting this weekend. Oh, cool! From center field, we've done disc golf. We do trivia nights, and probably our big win, of course, is Airbnb.
1: Yeah.
0: So when I, I do a lot of community work, I wrote a book called Building Vibrant Communities. And when I talk to communities, I want them to think I'm just not an author that don't live it. My wife and I also own 200,000 square feet of commercial office space. That's not what you want to own during COVID-19. Right. (laughs) You don't want to pay lease and they want to, you know, they're working virtual. Mm -hmm. Then we also have two event spaces, which is another thing you don't want to own during COVID-19 because you, you um, can't have events, which sort of, it's not good to have event space when you can't have events. We um, also own a coffee shop and a, a sort of a kitchen store, a cooking school in, in Pensacola, okay. a drive through coffee shop, a candy store we own with Bubba Watson, and then we also have a bookstore. Wow. Uh, then we run a not-for-profit called Student Community Institute that does early learning, skill building for small businesses, and right. raising the civic IQ. And then in Janesville, Wisconsin, which is right in Rock County, mm-hmm. we also have a coffee shop and cafe. So my life has been truly one. Working with other communities around the country, what do you do? How do you come out of this better and stronger? And then the other thing is just trying to, what I call, build an emotional bank account. You know, build an emotional bank account with our our customers and build an emotional bank account with our employees.
1: Okay, wow, wow. And, um, yeah, you certainly have your... Your hand's dipped in, in a lot of different aspects, and I completely agree about the community um, portion of that. I mean, that's what minor league baseball is, right? It's affordable family fun and helping out the community.
0: Yeah, well, I, think, I think there's different types of owners, and I think there's a lot of owners like me. We, we get into it because it's really a community asset. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't plan on making a lot of money. We don't plan on flipping it and selling it for a big profit. We just want to impact the community, and I think um, there, there's many owners just like me. There's some others that look at profit, look at flippability, but I think with the changes that I think Major League Baseball will make, a lot of those things are going to go away.
1: Okay. So what has made you interested in Minor League Baseball as far as an owner and investor standpoint goes?
0: Well, it's interesting. I've always liked baseball, but I grew up outside Chicago, okay. so I didn't even really understand minor league baseball. My knowledge of minor league baseball was Bull Durham. That oh, okay. was my knowledge of minor yeah. league minor league baseball. Because back then, when I grew up, remember, there wasn't independent teams, and so mm-hmm. the affiliated teams didn't allow minor league teams to be close to their communities. Sure. Well, I grew up in LaGrange, Illinois, there, there really wasn't any minor league Team around there. Right. I lived in Janesville, and I remember. I remember the day they announced that Beloit was getting a baseball team. Wow. And it was sort of nice, and I thought it was cool, but I, I didn't know that much about it. But I always liked baseball. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. On Saturdays, my parents would throw me on the bus from Joe Bukovich's tavern, okay. and we'd go watch the Chicago White Sox. And then uh, wow. I'd come home from school and turn on WGN and watch the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. And, grew up listening to the radio, and I always liked baseball, I, I, you know, did the dice baseball, the statomatic stuff, everything else, the fantasy baseball, and so on. I always liked it, and I always sort of had a, probably a, a dream, like, about minor league baseball. Somebody told me when I was young, I told them I was going to own a baseball team, I have no recall of that whatsoever. So, in about 19, no, excuse me, in about 2002, there was an article in the local Pensacola paper that said, we're getting a minor league team. I didn't even know there was independent teams. I just wasn't knowledgeable. And it was a small, fledgling, four-team independent league with no money, like a lot of them are. I didn't know that. I went to the game, was at a little junior college, sat 300 people. I watched the Pensacola Pelicans play the Selma Cloverleafs. (laughs) And it was a good game. And I thought, this is cool. And that next week, the paper said the team was for sale. A team out of, guy out of Montgomery, Alabama owned it. I called him up. He said, just take over the debt. It's yours. Wow. And I got it. My wife and I went every day and set up our chairs because she had to put folding chairs up and we had pizza. I had no <laughs> idea what I had gotten into. And um, But, you know, I, I do like the community element of it. Yeah. I do like the you know there's no you know the old pictorial of a life magazine that shows americana mm-hmm. and they show the baseball and i love minor league baseball you know i go to a major league game now i'm ready to leave by the fifth inning sure. i feel so distant minor league baseball you get to know the players you see the players it's it's just it's all about melting pot being part of a neighborhood yeah and that's what i like about minor league baseball
1: yeah that's what i liked about it too i we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I worked in minor league baseball for eight years, and it certainly wasn't because um, the paychecks were great and um, you work a nine-to-five. That's, that's completely the opposite, in fact, um, but what I did it for was to be a part of a community, a small community that, that needs that minor league baseball influence.
0: So, yeah, so it's been fun we get yeah. to do a lot of good things for the community we've had some unbelievable great experiences we've um we have a great organization here run by cindy bear called rally and it's for cancer children many times parents, parent survivors and we do lots with them they bring kids out to the ballpark we've we, we just had a lot of unbelievable experiences and stories um that you make a difference, and you make a difference really outside the diamond, not on the diamond. And our focus has always been um, on the fan. Yeah. The, the players are secondary. We, we focus in on what we can control is the fan experience. Wow.
1: I love it. So did you ever go to any Beloit Snappers games strictly as a fan before you inquired about purchasing the team?
0: Yes, I did. I went to a game. I think it was like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And I, I can't remember, but I remember going in. Um, it was sort of interesting because I think like the locker room must have been like where the players are like walking by me on the way to the field. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so then I sat in the stands, and you know there weren't many people there. And then I decided I, I heard. My my son's brother in law is the major beer vendor mm-hmm. at, at, for the Glades Snappers, Chris Carstead. So I went down and talked to him for a while.
1: Okay, and then
0: uh, that, that was it. I went I went to one game. However, the, the president of the uh, my entertainment uh, business, which includes baseball, Jonathan Griffith. He every time he's been in Wisconsin at our shops, he would go over if the Glades Snappers were in town and watch the team.
1: Okay, wow. Uh, what year was that? I might have been the public address announcer.
0: You know, I bet you it was a while back. I bet you seven, eight, nine years ago. I'm just not, okay. I'm just not trying to know who the players were. I, I just don't know. Okay. It reminded me a little bit, actually. Pullman Field reminded us of my independent team year two played at the local college ballpark. Mm-hmm. It was a Division two college. Oh, okay, and Pullman Field actually reminded me of sort of our, Div- our Division two. You know, baseball, okay. baseball parks. Yeah. So, um, that was really hard in Pensacola. So when we when we moved from an independent team playing on the outskirts of town and not the best ballpark, mm-hmm. um, you know, great for college baseball, but not for what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Downtown, right downtown, double-A baseball, brand-new stadium. It took a while until we opened the stadium where people walked in. And said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is in Pensacola. So, wow. because you know, you, you almost, I almost wish we hadn't had anything else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They kept comparing it to what it was. They didn't re- understand that's not what it was going to be.
1: Right, right. Okay, wow. So, what's it like working with Bubba Watson as a co owner of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos on a regular basis?
0: Um, it's great. Um, in fact, I was looking Bubba's some um, three under right now uh, <laughs> in Minnesota, and tomorrow after he's golfing, he's actually going to go to Target Field with his family. Oh wow! Peter's the president of the Twins, and Jeremy Zoll and some of the Twins staff, and they'll they get a big kick. Bubba's got great personality. Um, the beauty about Bubba Watson is um, no, number one, he doesn't want to be a celebrity owner. Okay. he's not going into this he, to be a celebrity owner where he shows up and he's a celebrity okay. um, he, he got into this to learn business and, right. and so he understands our numbers he understands the fan satisfaction he understands employee engagement he understands the need to train people he understands that when we give out awards to the staff he's right out there giving the awards to the staff he understands okay. that when we have a, a staff outing to thank them for the year he's right there he understands that when we want to publicize our Airbnb, that he gets ESPN to come to Blue Oahu Stadium and interview him at home plate.
1: Okay, um, yeah.
0: Talking about the Airbnb. Wow. So, and and Bubba, Bubba follows it. He follows all our games. He, when he's on the road, he listens to them all or watches them. His best friend, Randall Wells, he called, I mean, Randall, him talked throughout the whole game all the time. Um, he he sits, of course, in box seats, but it's not like he's got his own suite or his own security team. Okay. Um, his his kids when they run across the outfield, his kids run across the outfield, and <laughs> when they were small, Bubba ran right along with them, just like it. Bubba wants to be a business owner and a great husband and a great father. So it's it's a great experience because he's such a good human being.
1: Wow, I can definitely respect that. Uh, so have you ever played golf with Bubba?
0: No. Okay. You know, people say, do you golf? And I say, no, it's just so long and I'm so crummy. Um, <laughs> you never, and me both. No, I haven't. I, I, um, I haven't, but um, I know a lot of, it's sort of fun because he's sort of met a lot of guys that I know and he doesn't like the attention. So when he's in town here, he goes out and golfs every day and If you're at the course and you happen to go there, when Bubba walks up, he'll say, hey, you want to golf with me today? So there are all sorts of people in Pensacola, Florida, that have just been at the course at the right time and are up golfing with Bubba Watson. And they can't hardly, you know, they're so excited about it. Yeah. They have no idea how good he is. And I remember my my good friend um, was golfing with him, and Bubba hit the ball, and everybody else would go into the water. So he just said to Bubba real innocently, I think you're in the water, Bubba. Bubba just sort of looked at him and grinned, and Bubba was about 70 yards past the water, so he had <laughs> never seen anything like that.
1: <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Um, I have only golfed about four times in my entire life, and they were all Beloit Snappers golf outings. So yeah. um, I've
0: golfed. Here's the goal. I want to hit two good shots. The first tee shot, that's te- I want to hit that decent, mm-hmm. and the last shot coming to the green because those are the ones that people can maybe see you right if i hit those two shots decent it's a good day
1: <laughs> okay all right so after the difficulties that the board for the boy snappers have had over the years while trying to get a new stadium what made you want to step in and take that project on
0: well, a couple things. Number one, I have a long history in the area, and I, I would never do this for anyone else. You know, we get calls, probably like a lot of owners get called, Bobby. That you know, this team's for sale here. This team's for sale here. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be like own a lot of baseball teams. I want to own the ones in my community where I live. Sure. Well, you know, my parents had a tavern in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. is about a half hour from Beloit. Yeah, and almost every cottage owner there was either from Rockford or Beloit. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with um, the Giroux, I grew up with the Carols from Carroll Electric, I grew up with John. I grew up oh, with yeah. all these Beloit people. Then I worked for the Jamesville School District, and then I worked for the Cesa Seventeen, which is now Cesa Two, which included Beloit Memorial and Beloit Turner. Okay. So then I worked with in Deloitte. Oh, yeah. Um, my friend, my high school classmate, Mike Rindler, was the president of Beloit Hospital. Um, I then ended up at Mercy Hospital in Janesville. Okay so I'd always been around the area. Um, i I kept the house in Janesville forever. In fact now my oldest son lives in it.
1: Okay.
0: The cottage at Turtle Lake, even when we didn't even when I was living in Chicago and Florida. So he's always had connections. I've got two children in Rock County which is where Blake is. Yeah. I've got six grandchildren. I have a business. So about four years ago, Pat O'Connor had a minor league baseball call me and said, gee, you know, would you be interested in Blake? Because it's very, very hard for a not-for-profit board to have the capital today to run a minor league baseball Yeah. I mean, right now, can you imagine with COVID nineteen, you just couldn't do it. I know. So so I talked to Dennis Connors and I have great respect for that not for profit board. I mean mm-hmm. they they kept the snappers going long enough to to <laughs> get this Hail Mary that was sort of throwing at the yeah. last minute. Um then so Dennis and I talked, but at the time I think they weren't ready to say they couldn't they weren't ready. They yeah. just weren't ready. So we let it go. Then about a year and a half later Dennis had talked to some others, and some people had talked to Diane Hendricks. And they're, they're, the people that have talked to Diane about owning the Snappers, there just wasn't a good feeling there. Um, they weren't willing to be as transparent as we are. Sure, that's what I had always heard, too, yeah. yeah. But we sent eight years of um, p and statements, profit and loss statements, to Diane.
1: Oh, wow. We
0: um, shared with our employee engagement, our fan satisfaction, um, I did a 10 minute video before, about me and Rishi and who we are. Though we do know each other, we didn't know each other, but we sort of knew the same people. Uh, the Ryans, I'm close with the Ryans. Um, Oakley Ryan, who's Paul Ryan's sister in law, works for me, has worked for me forever. And Jane, you know, okay. so we, we knew a lot of the same people. And I always, people used to say to me, you got to meet Ken and Diane Hendricks. And then I think they'd say, oh, you've got to meet Quentin Rishi Studer. But we never met. Okay. I remember we were in our house in Janesville the night that Ken Hendricks died in an accident. Yeah. So remember that. And so I've been such a big fan of Diane, but i never really met her. When we re- renovated our store in Janesville, we used Hendricks Construction. And one of uh-huh. them was starting to get to be supportive of local yeah. contractors. So we talked to Dennis, and and the reality is you have to have a stadium, and you know, to get public money today, a lot of communities just don't have it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there's not taxpayer support yeah. to put money into a stadium. So Rishi and I met with Diane and, and a, bunch, a number of her people, her son, um, Rob, the head of um, um, you know Hendrix Constru- Corporation, mm-hmm. John Gapstetter. We had dinner. And, you know, we, we had dinner, and we just shared with her, us, we shared, we'll never take any money out of Beloit. Um, you know, just one of those deals. because yeah. we, we don't do this for that. And when Richie and I left, we just thought this is not going to happen. Nothing oh. against Diane, but it's a stretch mm-hmm. to go to Pullman Field and visualize. Because her big fear wasn't the stadium. Her big fear is I don't want a team not to make it.
1: Okay. We don't
0: want to build a stadium. Is her big goal, which I find many people of wealth goal fear is mine too. If we invest in something, for example, my wife and I helped build a new Y. But, you know, everybody who gives money says, I like the concept, but is it going to make it? Right. Is it going to be about cash flow? Because mm-hmm. we don't want to build something and have it not make it. Yeah. So, so Diane really kicked the tires on me, on Rishi, baseball, could it make it? And then one day we got a phone call and they said, We've, Diane's ready to go. Wow. To go. So we met with Diane. Um, she put in a certain amount of money. I put in a certain amount of money. ABC Supply put in a certain amount of money. Dennis Connerton, to his credit, put in a certain amount of money. Okay. Some people put in a certain amount of money. So this was pretty cool to have a privately funded stadium. But my only thing, and I, I didn't know Diane's thoughts, but she asked me where the stadium should go, and I said, if you don't put it downtown Bloit, it will not make it. Yeah. And that's what she's always... That's what Ken and her always thought.
1: Yeah. And it supports so. all of her businesses that are downtown right there.
0: Yeah, well, it supports everybody. I mean, Beloit, mm-hmm. she's done a great job in Beloit. And, and I just, I don't think this is the beginning. I think this is the final bookend to making Beloit great. Yeah. she got, you know, the bookend with the, the Goodwin... Hotel. You got the Ironworks Hotel. You got the Velvet Buffalo. You got the the New Y there. You got mm-hmm. the Entrepreneur Center. The, you just got the new Beloit College um, Center there. Yeah, so you got all these great things moving downtown. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned from my research and writing a book on communities, you've got to have a book end. You got to have a reason for people to walk from one end to the other end. Yeah, and I think this will, this will be the. The end So, okay. But then, of course, you know, we thought things were moving well until we ran into the contraction of minor league baseball teams, which th- this is a book in itself when it's all done. Sure, I
1: I did actually have that question. I added it in there. Um, what are your thoughts about Major League Baseball potentially getting rid of forty minor league teams across the country? Um, some some that are. You know, I I grew up in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. The Williamsport mm-hmm. Crosscutters, the low-A affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies, are on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So what, what are your thoughts about that? And and how do you feel about potentially saving Beloit from from that list?
0: Well, I think Diane Hendricks is the one that's saving Beloit. Okay. Um yeah, she's driving this. Um, she threw the pass. She not only threw the court pass. She like Doug Flutie. She went and caught the pass <laughs> on top of it. So she is. She's the one saving minor league baseball for Beloit. I'm just a bit player here. Okay. Um, it, it's sad any time you look at teams losing things and contraction, and probably if you if you wish that everybody would have got to the table because if the issue is facilities, which I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at right now a COVID nineteen. I mean, you know, you look, so, so facilities are very important. And today, what we find when you look at the money they have on these minor league ballplayers, I mean, we had we had three millionaires on our team last year. Yeah. And this is a product. And you want the right locker room. You want the right weight facility. You want the right nutritional. So in Pensacola Blue Wahoos, we just spent a quarter of a million dollars on almost a brand new locker room from 2012. Upgrading it again. Wow. Okay. Well, I understand minor league baseballs or major league baseball wanting great facilities. I get that. You also look to travel. Again, these are these are their product per mm-hmm. se. So you, you don't want players sitting in buses for a long periods of time. So location became important. And, and I think once facility and location became important, and then with the contract ending after ten years. if they're going to do anything, this is the year to do it. Mm -hmm. Do I wish probably there was more time, more discussion? Sure. Do I wish every team could make it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely you wish every team could make it. But um, sometimes you can't. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Major League Baseball has to make the best decision for the product they put on the field. Yeah. I also think they become so much wiser. Now, we all can talk about the, the Randy Dobnik, who who's with the Twins, he played for us last year. Two years ago, he he, he was pitching in a four-team independent league in Michigan. Okay, well, he's the exception. Yeah, but the beauty is, independent baseball has now filled a gap for major league baseball players. That's true. You know, it sort of went where major leagues. Not sure they liked independent baseball. To mm-hmm. now, they might love it. Yeah, because they're not paying the players, and they're not going to miss anybody. They'll just sign him from an independent team. Also, I think analytics have come into play here, Bobby, and that's what I learned a lot. They now sort of know who's the real prospect and who isn't. Yeah. So, so is it fair to a guy who's 27 to 28 to keep letting him think he's got a chance when he should probably be finishing college or, or staying with his family? And, and things like that. So That's fair. It's unfortunate, and it's certainly it's a sad situation, but I think both. I don't think Major League Baseball gets a kick out of doing something like yeah. this. It's hard on everybody.
1: Yeah, I just feel for those communities that are going to lose, you know, sometime, you know, I think uh, the Crosscutters have been there for at least 25, 30 years. Um, the stadium is over 100 years old. I think Chattanooga's on that list, and they've They've been there for a hundred years, maybe?
0: Well, I think, I think, again, I, I want to be affiliated. There is no doubt yeah. I want to be affiliated. However, I've also ran an independent team for eight years. Okay. I was in the league with the St. Paul Saints. Yeah. Probably better run than almost any affiliated team. At
1: That's base. true. Yeah.
0: The Chicago Dogs are pretty popular right yeah.
1: now. Yeah. The
0: Milwaukee Milkman, the Lincoln Salt Dogs. So the, these independent leagues also can play a very big part in, in a community and creating for the community. So for, for, again, for eight years or nine years I had an independent team. Okay. And it was fun. We couldn't see our players play in the major leagues and blah, blah, blah. Right. But the fans went out there. I bet you 80 to 90% of them didn't go out there to see the guy to be in the majors. Yeah. Truly. They just went out to have a good family fun. Okay. All right. But I don't think they'll lose baseball. I think they'll lose possible an affiliation. Okay. Of baseball, but I don't know that either because there's something called the Dream League, the Major League Baseball. So there might be some loose affiliations like hockey does. You know, yeah. have a contractual agreement with somebody. So we don't know. So it's unfair for us to make judgment when we really don't know exactly what's going to happen.
1: Okay, All right. So can you tell the listeners about the new stadium in Beloit and what kind of amenities it'll have. and uh,
0: It's, it's going to yeah. do to minor league baseball what Camden Yards did to major league baseball. All right. And if you remember when, when Camden Yards came about, it was like, wow. Yeah. And it changed major league baseball stadiums. Now, there are a lot of great minor league baseball stadiums. so mm-hmm. please they're quaint. Some of them look like Fenway Park. Yeah. I, I, uh, when we were looking at building our stadium, we traveled to a lot of. Them. I love Fort Wayne Towns. Okay, I just yeah. love everything about it. Um, so I'm not saying it's going to be that, but it's going to have a feel that's going to be remarkable. So first of all, it, it's all brick. Now, when was the last time anyone built a minor league ballpark, if ever, since 100 years ago? Yeah, it was pretty much all brick.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it
0: just doesn't. Happen. No. Um, Because Diane, you know, if anybody knows Diane Hendricks, the one thing you'll always hear, and for those of you who don't know Diane Hendricks, she is a self made woman. Her and her husband were roofers. They started Mm -hmm. a roofing supply company, and it's called ABC Supply, which is a $12 billion a year company. She's got 15,000 employees. She's completely loyal to Beloit, Wisconsin. Mm hmm. Jim Follows, who wrote right for The Atlantic, would call her a patriot investor in her community. Um, she does unbelievably, she I, does great, great work, and she is one of the wealthiest people in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if she buys a little bit of the snappers, which I hope she does, she'll be the wealthiest owner in all of baseball, including major leagues. Wow, So, okay. Diane, Diane, um, Everything she does, she does right. And you were in Beloit. Yep. Nobody, nobody can ever say Diane Hendricks doesn't go right.
1: Right. She yeah. You. Um, yep, you're correct. So this stadium's going to be um, all brick. It's going to be intimate. Because I, I think too many minor league ballparks are overbuilt. Mm-hmm.
0: They're overbuilt so you have too many empty seats. Yeah. So it's going to have all individual seats, about 2,500 of them to 3,000 for seating. Then it's going to have some group seatings, various group outlets, and probably get you up to 3,500, 4,000 on a big night. Um, if you if you look at the front of it, it, again, it's got a Camden Yards look, but a Beloit look. Beloit's an a industrial town.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's got an industrial look with the bricks, the windows. It reminds me of City Park a little you know, If you've uh-huh. ever been to the Met Stadium, it's sort of got that look when you walk into the atrium. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is cool. It's got. We don't believe in, in private suites. We're not a believer in private suites. we, we never have them. So in Blue Wahoo Stadium, which just got voted best Double stadium in baseball, we have no Perfect. suites. We, we have oh. open areas because we believe people come to intermingle to talk, and, and they're there to they're there to connect. Mm-hmm. They're not there to have one group that's better than the other group. Sure. So it's got on one side of the field, it's got a place that can seat a hundred. So you go up there like a large area. It doesn't mean you get the whole hundred, but you can buy individual seats and everything. And the cool part is also at the, it's also air conditioned. So um, it's going to be heated and air conditioned. Okay. The other side can do 300. So that means that both those can together do all 400, but they're air conditioned and heated because we're going to do a lot of events outside of it. Great. So during the baseball season, you can push the windows back. You can enjoy it. But if it gets too hot or too many mosquitoes because we're right on the river, you can close those Okay,
1: those yeah, yeah.
0: Then, then when you look around the the, the right the left field line, it's right on the um, river, and there's a river walk. So yeah. that's going to be old pictures of sort of old Beloit baseball players years ago when they had the old Beloit teams. Great. It's going to be like a whole mural down the side of the stadium. Of course, a kids' area. But what's really neat, for those of you who don't know it, because the stadium entryway is sort of the farthest south, most people will not enter the stadium behind home plate.
1: Yeah, I did see that in the renderings.
0: Most people enter the stadium through center field. But what is so cool, it's almost like a walkway. That, that's got gardens, got bricks, it's got sculpture. I mean, the whole way up there, it's like going into the new San Francisco Giants stadium, or San Diego. You come to the center field there. I've into their new ballpark. Okay, um, you're you're going to be walking through almost a, a garden, uh, like a, a garden, wow. uh, a park, and you're going to walk in there, and they're going to walk in there, and you're going to see this majestic. And the cool thing about the stadium is we, of course, get a lot of credit in Pensacola because we have all water views. Mm -hmm. We're on a peninsula. So we're the only ballpark that has water views left, center, and right. This has water views to the left, which is the river. Mm -hmm. But then it's got the industrial sort of skyscape of Beloit. So, you know, usually people like to look at the ballpark and see downtown. Mm -hmm. Or you like to see the water. Well, here you're going to get to see see both. So So it's going to be truly a remarkable a remarkable place. And our goal is to do the minor league baseball, again, what Camden Yards did to Major League State.
1: Wow, wow. I can't wait to to make a trip out there and visit. Uh, so, I worked for the Beloit Snappers from 2013
0: to 2016. They brought your keys back. I don't know if you know this, but they think you took the keys <laughs> to the alarm. <locker> <laughs> I
1: probably still know the code to get in, honestly. Okay, So, <laughs> Needless to say, I spent almost all my time there. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into the Snappers organization to help keep them afloat. I burnt off my eyebrows and eyelashes, lighting a fryer in the...
0: Happened to me one time, too. And actually, I <laughs> looked better with their eyebrows, <laughs> I thought.
1: Um So I did that, lighting a fryer in the grill. Um, I've pulled tarp with four people um i've stocked shelves at 2 30 in the morning after a game went 14 innings um you name it i've done it at pullman field is there anything that you'd like to say to people that have worked for the snappers in the past that have helped keep this organization afloat until you and diane came along and uh got this new stadium and revitalized Beloit, if you will.
0: Well, I think, again, I first, first of all, I want to commend the, the not-for-profit board that has yeah. served for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're the true heroes. They they held on long enough for this to happen. And, yeah. you know, I think for years people thought, I think until Major League Baseball actually announced the contraction, I think one of the challenges, Bobby, people didn't think they were serious. Yes. How many times did minor league baseball come to Beloit and say, if you don't have a new stadium, you're losing this team?
1: Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and they give
0: another year, another year, another year. So the first real credit goes to one of the, the not-for-profit board that got a team in the first place. Mm-hmm. Today it would be really hard to get a team sure. if you had to hold field. It wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah. um, number two, to get a team when you didn't have huge cash reserves. Today, you've got to have a pretty good financial background in order to get a team because they understand there's cash issues mm-hmm. cash flow issues so the first real heroes is that not-for-profit board the second real group is of course you the employees who work there many volunteer employees too. yeah so one thing i would say is hey come on out my treat enjoy a game have some food and let us say thank you we will probably have some events bobby to do that we'll have events the first year to bring people out to thank them this okay. first year which will probably be the second half of next season mm-hmm. and then we'll probably roll it into that next year will be one of those types of things and talking about how it happened in the history but you know the real hero here and she doesn't like any attention is truly Diane Hendricks yeah. this thing does not happen and, and Diane in fact flew to New York Because she had heard all this stuff on contraction, contraction, contraction. She wasn't sure it was worth spending, you know, multi-millions of dollars. Right. So she went to New York and to Dan Halem of the commissioner's office and Morgan Sword. They made time to meet with her, which was really gracious. Wow, okay. Went to New York, and she showed them the stadium. Nice. And said, if I build this, what do you think? And Dan Halem said, I think it would be great and maybe we'll even come out for opening the day that it opens up. So uh, Major League Baseball has been extremely cooperative and helpful to us in this process.
1: Okay. Wow. That's amazing. So when you think of the Beloit Snappers in 10 years, what comes to mind?
0: Well, what comes to mind is we want to make Beloit and that Janesville-Rockford area the epic center of the Midwest. So I want people to, I don't want people in Rock County to say, it's a great place to live because you're only 45 minutes from Madison, you're Mm -hmm. only 75 minutes from Milwaukee, and oh gee, in an hour and a half you can get to Chicago. I don't want people to say it's a good place to live because you can get other places. Mm -hmm. I want people in Chicago to say, whoa, look at this, in an hour and a half we can be employed. We'll go okay. to the Velvet Buffalo. We'll have dinner. Hey, we'll see a game, and maybe we'll even stay at the Hotel Goodwin tonight. And then tomorrow, there's all these great things. We'll go see Beloit College. We'll go up to Janesville. We'll go see Rotary Gardens. You know, I just, I will go see the Rock Aqua Jays for a while. Okay. Uh, I, I want Rock County and Beloit to become the go to place in the Midwest that people wake up and can't go to. And you can do that, you can become the thing. Uh, you know, People, Jane, Beloit, or Pensacola, Florida, 10 years ago was a nothing. It's was a nothing. And okay. t- today, we were named, you know, in 2009, we were named the strongest town in America. We were um, oh, wow. named the ten, one of the 10 best streets to go to in the United States. Our um, uh, property value has gone 34%. Outside investment, 65%. So there's no reason why. And we didn't have near the resources that Beloit has. Because they already got all that stuff. We had to start from scratch. Okay, Dan yeah. Hendricks had already put the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. This is just one more piece. So I think Beloit, because people don't want a homogeneous city anymore. People your age, they want diversity. Yeah. They want a little hipster stuff. Mm-hmm. They want the craft beer place, which is <laughs> going to be right outside the yeah. center field entryway. There's nope. a craft beer place by the the Snapper Stadium. So they want diversity. They want to see different things, um, and that's really what what we wanted to be. Were you in? Um, Pensaco- were you in? Um, Bloit when Spotted Cow became so popular as the beer? In Wisconsin? Yes,
1: I love Spotted Cow. I haven't had it for
0: well four years. When I came back from Wisconsin. Josh Sitton's a good friend of mine, and he played for the Packers. He retired this last year for yeah. nine years. I bring up Spotted Cow, and I'm his hero. I tell people, 10 years ago, people probably wouldn't have said spotted cow. Yeah. We, 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 want, we want to make Beloit that type of thing. Okay. And people want to drive for it, see for it, be there, talk about it, um, articles about it. There's already been some nice articles about in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And then we want to import Rockford and Janesville. This has got to be a regional thing. And we just want to make southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois the, the epic center of the Midwest.
1: Okay. Wow, that sounds perfect.
0: So I thought I shrunk it by saying Midwest, not nationally. So <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to exaggerate.
1: Okay, I can appreciate that. Uh, we're gonna finish up this interview with Quinn Studer right after this break, folks. Oh. All right, welcome back, Quint. Again, thank you for chatting with me tonight. How well did the Airbnb go over at the Blue Wahoo Stadium? You touched on it a little bit. but well, for
0: the time it was announced, within two hours, we had 77,000 hits to our website. Wow. Within the first week, we had over a million hits to our website. Okay. Um, it was featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox & Friends, CNN, Sports Network, you name it. In fact, CBS did a segment on it, and the fella said, this is my favorite part of Sunday mornings, and this segment is my favorite one I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and so the, the amount of national publicity is just been unbelievable. Um, we became the first stadium the Airbnb ever. We yeah. also encourage other minor league teams to do it if they would like, but yeah. some don't. So, for example, just tonight, we actually have a family who drove down here, and ironically, they live in a city that has a minor league baseball team. Okay. Almost 700, 800 miles to be here. So the Airbnb has meant that almost every night, five, it's never less than five nights, many times seven nights, a family or up to 10. Now it's going to be 20 because we're doing the visiting locker room. Oh. And they check in. They um, go out at 3 o'clock. They go out on the field. They take batting practice in one of the cages. They do whatever they want. They can have dinner wherever they want. Normally, they go out on the field. And then at 11 or 12, we turn off the lights. They come back in. They sometimes go into the batting cage or the whole bit. They get breakfast in the morning. A lot of times, they go back out into that, play baseball, do what they like. And then um, at around 10 or 11 o'clock, they check out. Some nights there's a movie night they go see. Some nights there's fireworks. Um, we've had great stories. We, oh. we had a fella from Dallas bring his 81 year old father because they used to play baseball together. So he did sort of a father son thing with his dad. Okay. We had a you might young people recognize him named Logan Thirty Acre. Logan Thirty Acre has 8.5 million subscribers to his um, series. He does little puppet shows. Okay, and he, got the, he brought his film crew into, the, into it stayed the whole night and took all these films that he shows to 8.5 million people while he was here make a wish find out he was here coming in hospice as a little boy with cancer who's always wanted to meet Logan 30 Acre okay. and driving a Lamborghini so that morning wow. Logan 30 Acre had a Lamborghini and brought, drove this little boy with cancer Around and let him be in puppet shows. He liked it so much. He's coming back in November for for his birthday. Okay. Uh, We've had just unbelievable family stories that have created memories that will last forever. We we do a one through ten, like rate the value of this experience on a one through ten. We've never had less than a ten, and we've gone up to a fifteen on the ten point scale. So I think it's just been great. I mean. You know, Bobby, I grew up around White Sox Ballpark, Mm -hmm. and we never had good seats. We were lucky to have the seats behind the good seats. Yeah. (laughs) You know, back then, around the seventh or eighth inning, when nobody was there, you started slowly weaving down to the wall. Mm -hmm. If the usher was nice, around the ninth inning, he'd let you sit by the wall. Okay, I always wanted to sit where the fencing was, and I, I tried to squeeze my foot through that fence. Just to touch that field, and I never could. So for some of these people, they're just getting an unbelievable experience. They're like Field of Dreams. They can take a little vial of infield dirt home with them if they'd like. They can get Blue Wahoo jerseys with their names on the back in the locker room. Okay. And it is a great locker room because we had spent a quarter million dollars renovating it for the Minnesota Twins, and we didn't have baseball this year. Yeah. So they're literally staying And probably one of the best locker rooms in all of minor league baseball right now. Wow,
1: that's crazy. Well, I I know when you guys announced it, um, so the people I follow and interact with on Twitter, a lot of them have baseball podcasts, and we're kind of a a tight-knit community. Um, I started the podcast back in February, um, and I've made some, some good friends and connections that also have uh, baseball podcast, and that was the thing they said they said if we get 15 people together we can we can yeah. get this b&b at uh pensacola and i was i was like well i looked at the price point and i said well if we all if we all chip in it could be definitely worth it you know i didn't know that it all really those is. other aspects were were in it, it really as well because when
0: you look at it um what you get for it yeah. I mean, the experience, the access—you're up in the press box for a while. You're up where the we do a whole tour, so you not only see that, but if you want to, you can see behind the scenes. You can see the food service areas. You can see the media spots, the press That's box, so. the gift store. So you really get an education. Yeah. But then we—you also have other options. We have Kevin Saucier here who pitched in the World Series. Um, He'll come out and throw practice with you. We have Adrian Chambers who won the World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals. He'll come out and do some batting techniques and running (laughs) techniques with you. So we have all sorts of... You know, and don't be surprised. someday you might be sitting there, and all of a sudden, a Bubba Watson will walk by, or a, yeah. a, a Josh Sitton who's very involved with us, again, a football player. Um, Derek Brooks, you know, is a part owner of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and he's in the NFL okay. Hall of Fame. So, so Emmett Smith is from here; he might show up. So yeah. you never know who you're going to see. In <laughs> fact, I remember one time I was with Bubba at my wife's coffee shop, the Bodacious mm-hmm. Coffee Shop, and a bus pulled up—a tour bus. And they go, oh, Quint Studer, because they know me from books and what I've done. And they said, our people would be so happy to meet you. Will you come on the bus and say hello? So Bubba was with me. I said, Bubba, you want to come with me? (laughs) And I said, um, you know, hey, my name's Quint Studer. This is Bubba Watson. And right away, they go, the real Bubba Watson? (laughs) You're from Bubba Watson? So of course, there are all sorts of pictures for the people that came in and saw Bubba Watson that day. So, um, We want to make it a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. When Field of Dreams movie was shot, Mm -hmm. we lived in in the Chicago area. My wife and kids drove to Dyersville twice to park our car and play pickup games on the Field of Dreams. And that's the same type of feeling I want for people to come to our Airbnb.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah, I've been to Dyersville. Uh, When I was in Beloit, actually, we went to Cedar Rapids for the All-Star break and on the way back we figured this is going to be as close to Dyersville as we're going to get so right. so me and my uh, colleagues at that point we uh, we went and saw the Field of Dreams movie site and it's it's everything you want to you want to see and it it is just like the movie and um, yeah I stood in the corn and took some pictures and
0: oh, I got my violet dirt yeah <laughs>
1: you got to um I don't know if you know him now, but um, Zach Ricketts was the groundskeeper for the Beloit Snappers when I was there. And he had made stops with the Red Sox, the Brewers, um, Beloit, I think, uh, he worked for the Burlington Bees as well. um, and, And his parting gift to us was a whole bunch of vials of dirt from all the different fields that he had worked on. So... Uh, so most importantly, almost, are you able to share any new concession items at the new ABC Supply Stadium?
0: No, but I think what we try to do, if you look at the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, we try to just create some really wild things. Yeah. Crabzilla is a big thing here. We're in the South, so you got this blue crab piled on things. So, you know, when I go to Minnesota, there's a Kent Herbeck. Herbick, um... Whatever fish they have up there, Mm musky or something that they have up in Minnesota. Yeah, I I don't know because this week, um, actually next week they're actually picking the concession team because we outsource concessions because you know this is this is gonna we're gonna have to run great concessions. Yeah, so it's gonna be outsourced. Um, In Pensacola, we actually use Nolan Ryan. He does our food and that up there we're looking at a number of vendors there'll be certainly fun stuff that's gonna capture you gotta have a friday fish right you gotta have stuff that's over the top Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be stuff that really celebrates the beauty of uh, wisconsin and some northern some northern illinois stuff so i think it'll be very creative because it's very creative here
1: okay yeah yeah um one of the most I just wanted to touch on this a little bit it's not really a question but one of my favorite restaurants to to go to and I was a regular there uh was The Rock in in Beloit that was that was my favorite place to go it was right on my way home from work uh great view great food uh great people that work behind the bar um it was one of those places I had a drink before I even sat down um, everybody knew my name. Um, so, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, say say hi to all the people at The Rock for me.
0: Well, could you, like, we have our own beer in Pensacola. They sell it everywhere. We have Ono, which yeah. is the Blue Wahoo beer. Not only did they sell it at the ballpark, but they distributed it all over um, Florida. Oh,
1: Pensacola. okay.
0: So I wouldn't doubt if we'll have some of our own branded. We have branded water here, Blue Wahoo water. Um, oh, it's, it's bottled and it's sold in almost every convenience store because it's all about creating that brand yeah and, you know, we're very lucky because we think ABC Supply has a great brand and the stadium is going to be named ABC Supply and mm-hmm. again that's another company the COT you know these people involved in Beloit and I'm not talking about me I'm talking about others they don't do anything that isn't top shelf yeah so this thing's going to be quite incredible and again you got to have pockets today like you Know we, we put a quarter of a million dollars into our just our locker room this year, mm-hmm. and, and we did it. We didn't do it with city money, we did it with our own money. Okay, if, if you're gonna have a great operation today, you've got to have the financial wherewithal to do those types of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so when do you anticipate the new stadium being completed?
0: I'm guessing, I, I you know, we're always going to hear different dates. Yes, yeah. so is a, a guess. Um, and I'm guessing the first week of July. Okay. I think it'd be sort of cool to celebrate July 4th at a new stadium with fireworks on the rock.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, would you move? So, would you play the, the first half of this, of the season, if you will, at Pullman Field and then the second half at ABC Supply Stadium? Okay. Yeah, yeah right. I think
0: you do that because it'd be silly not to. Yeah. I mean, we'll be in there as soon as we can. If it's the last week of the season, we'll be in there. If okay. it's the first week of the season. Because remember, too, it's multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. So, so it, you know, this is, I'm a natural grass guy, but to do what we want to do, this is going to have um, um, artificial turf. Yeah. What's going to be set up for lacrosse, soccer. You know, we played 29 football games in Blue Wahoo Stadium last year. Oh, the, the well, I didn't realize The Division National that. Champion, the University of West Florida, plays their home games here. Oh. Um, so we have college turn. We had um, Oklahoma here, Virginia here this year. Um, so we have many college teams that come down in the you know spring mm-hmm. and play at our stadium. So we we plan on doing an awful lot of activities. I love to see hockey. You know, I love when they play hockey in the baseball stadium. Yeah. and things. So um, we put an ice rink on our infield in Pensacola. Okay, where so, people come and ice skate. So um, it's a wonderful. Almost every marathon, because, you know, you have bathrooms and you have security. And what do you need when you're doing events? You need bathrooms and you need security. Yeah, you know, A stadium can offer you that security, can offer you that bathrooms. And, of course, that doesn't even count the fact, again, um, music. You know, we did more events this year at Blue Wahoo Stadium than we do even when we have baseball. Yeah. because we doing things constantly because it's a fixed stadium cost mm-hmm. so your utilities your seats, they cost you whether you're playing or not playing mm-hmm. so you might as well do as much as you can on that field we hope to have the white college white water, we just want to have a heck of a booming um, yeah. active place and we have no parking which is great. We have only 200 parking spots. That means people are going to have to park all over Beloit. Okay. Down Beloit. Yeah. And walk to the stadium and walk back. And I know for some people that aren't used to that, when you go to other places, we only have 300 parking spots for 5,000 people here. But they park everywhere. Yeah. And then they, they go before the game. The bars do a little buses to the game so we want to make this whole thing vibrant and that's really the word to use we want to make this town just so vibrant just buzzes on activity with the stadium
1: yeah okay i love that uh you're you're really selling this place quinn i i can't wait to get my butt back to the midwest and uh and come experience this that's for sure the
0: rock still knows what you drink so all
1: right perfect double tall captain and diet that's, all right, all right, or or spotted cow, depending on the day. But so, um, how is the relationship moving forward with the Oakland Athletics? Right. And how do you feel? There's going to be a new affiliate, or you don't know that
0: yet. We don't know that. Um, mm-hmm. Oakland's been great with us. Yeah. Um, of course, I don't know Oakland as well, because the year I get to know them would be this year. Sure. So it's not like I know the Reds well, because I was with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. I know the Twins well, but I don't know the Athletics that well. Okay. I, I do know that they're very upfront. And mm-hmm. Some of the rumor is that Major League Baseball wants six minor league, te- eight ball teams in the Northwest mm-hmm. or the West Coast. For those West Coast teams, yeah, they told us that hey, if that if there's a team close to them and it's logical, it makes sense. Uh huh. There isn't a team close to them and it makes sense. They want to be in Beloit. Okay. So we're just hoping. Now we'll be pleased with, with every affiliate we get, sure. Because we don't upplay the affiliate. We want people to be Beloit fans, yeah. not the affiliate fans. But um, again, we just don't. I guess the answer is we just don't know.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, I always so, enjoyed
0: working. Athletic A's games on the radio yeah. right now. Um, just, just to, to get to know them because <laughs> that could be it. And there's, uh, but we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I always enjoyed working with Oakland um, in the limited capacity I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly there's some great guys that came through Beloit that are that are on Oakland right now. Um, yeah. Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, just to name a few.
0: No, it's very exciting. Um, we just counted up today. There's 26 Wahoos on major league rosters this year. Okay, Remember, we've only had a team eight years. Yeah, um, and that doesn't count who came through the other side, the Chris Bryant's and the guys with all the Braves and all them. So it's an exciting time. And I, I will say, Zach, who's, who's our main contact at Oakland, mm-hmm. been nothing but first class. What I love is there's no game. Hey, we'd love to be in Beloit, but you don't know. Yeah. And that's what you want. All you want is honest, transparent conversation. hmm
1: Okay. All right, Quint. Uh, where can our listeners find you on social media?
0: Probably, um, I get confused, but if they want to contact me, really, if they go to Mm-hmm. go to quinstuder.com, and that'll help them find the Twitter, the LinkedIn, the Instagram, and all those type things. Okay. I have a column. I write books. Yeah. I have a column on leadership that comes out every week. I think people would like it. Yeah. Um, this week it's on don't be a sore loser when you don't get your way in the workplace. Okay. But um, so just quintstuder.com is the best way to to get a hold of me and, and so on.
1: All right. Perfect. And I don't know if you've listened to any other episodes of the Pulling Tart podcast, but we close out every episode with the same question just because I feel like um, walk-up songs provide personality to a minor league game, of course. Mm-hmm. So what has been your favorite walk-up or warm-up song in your minor league baseball career, and whose was it?
0: Well, I got to tell you, I don't know, so I thought of what would mine be.
1: Okay, so perfect. I, thought,
0: you know, I, I can't remember, so you guys are too young. But I, I guess if I was walking up there and I wanted to be motivated, I wouldn't. He- I wouldn't mind hearing "The Kid Is Hot Tonight" by Loverboy. I think okay. that would get me revved up as I went up to the bath. All
1: right, all right, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Quinn, for taking the time out of your evening um, to chat with me. And um, yeah, I really wanted to sit down and talk to you just because, you know, I worked so hard. In and putting in my blood, sweat and tears into Pullman Field um, to get it a little bit further so that, so that you and Diane could come along and uh, help out the great community that is Beloit, Wisconsin. Um, the best, nicest people uh, that'll do anything for you are right there in Beloit.
0: Yeah, I hear that all the time. I was the keynote speaker at their Chamber event and even when it was Zo, they had a uh, person who won the Ken Hendricks Award. Is battling terminal cancer. Oh goodness! As he accepted the award, he talked about Beloit, and it was just very, very emotional. And you, you know, you guys did all the work. Diane's done all the work. She's in Beloit forever. You know, I've been in the healthcare field a long time, and for those of you that are aware, you know, when a woman's having a baby, the nurses do all the work, all yeah. the work. And then the doctor shows up at the last minute and catches the baby, and everybody thanks the doctor. Yeah. in this case I'm like that OBGYN everybody's <laughs> done a lot of work I'm just coming in at the last minute and, and catching the baby
1: yeah well that kind of hits close to home to me because uh my wife or my fiance soon-to-be wife is actually a labor and delivery nurse and she's at work right now at the hospital um delivering those babies that that you talked about but uh yeah just I'm saying to
0: get your address because i've i've written what is the best-selling book ever in healthcare called hard-wiring excellence okay oh, well, i bet she she's not aware of it Make sure I get her name and address, and I'll send her one. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. I love nurses.
1: All right, perfect.
0: Obviously, you do, too.
1: Yeah, (laughs) obviously. Um, So, yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time um, to chat about the new stadium in Beloit and uh, everything you've got going on with Pensacola. And uh, you've got your hands in a lot of different things, and I just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me.
0: Hey, Bobby, I, I, I love your passion. I love what you've done. I'm very grateful to your work in Beloit. It's been great pulling the tarp with you tonight. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Quinn. I really appreciate it. Yes.
0: You've listened to the Polling Tarb podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at Stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.